Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Here with you on Monday night, April 5th, headed into Tuesday, April 6th. And for the next hour, we're going to show uh, images of sad puppies and play in, play in terms of by Sarah McLaughlin because we're all sad here on the show. No, I'm kidding, but uh, we do have to do a bit of a, a eulogy to the Michigan basketball season, and quite a season, quite a run that it was, unfortunately, came to an end uh, last Tuesday night in the Elite Eight. But are you guys doing okay? You know, how, how are you all doing? You know, it feels good up here. It was like 70 degrees in the UP today, so nothing really can bring me down. How are you guys doing? Um. I was doing better before it took us like a half hour to get on here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little inside baseball. Yeah. Uh, sometimes technology doesn't always work correctly, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like if the further you get from that loss that we'll talk about, it's, it's both, it gets I'm trying to figure out. I still haven't totally processed it. Um, it gets easier to process and also more inexplicable the further we get away from it. Um, but overall, the weather's fine. Um, pollen people, our asses are getting kicked this year so far. Um, allergy stuff is off the charts. So uh, you have a lot of, you have a friend in me if you're suffering through all that, but it's good to be back uh, with the two of you um, back to I don't know. Now we go, we're back into the void of nothingness until God knows when. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, I was going to make the promise that I wasn't going to cry on this week's podcast like I did last week if you were watching on Twitter. <laughs> but I don't know. The more we talk about last week's game, maybe 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 some tears will flow. I don't know. No, I mean, look, it's yeah, it's been a week, um, a stressful week. It stings. Still stings. Um, I haven't talked about it much since we did the post-game locker room, Anthony, I haven't really talked about it much because, yeah, I even uh, Steven was like, hey, do you want to do, you know, help do one of the breakdowns for the the highlights? And I was, and initially I'm like, yeah, but I just said, this is this, this stuff is too emotional for me, man. I can't do it. So um, it's, it was a, you know, very difficult uh, loss. And at some point over the next few weeks, I think I'll take that step back and be like, man, what an amazing run. What an amazing season. I'm not there yet. It still hurts. Not on Monday night of the national well, title game. And I'll say right, this yeah. too, like the only time I've talked about it is when I've run into people or, or spoke with people who are like, so what happened to your boys the other night? 49 right. points. Are you kidding me, bro? It's like, yeah. Um, also, if you're on Twitch, we can't see Luke right now. So he's just kind of the voice. That's, that's actually just my new face. <laughs> he's the voice from on high. Um, you know, all that good stuff, you know, keeping in line with the Easter season here, but um yeah, we'll talk about it and, and put a bow on well, this season as a whole and, and talk about maybe what comes next. Let me ask you guys this, man. Uh, Saturday night, UCLA-Gonzaga, does that game make it easier to swallow the Tuesday night loss knowing the, the capabilities of UCLA? Does it make it harder knowing that Michigan, you know, with, with UCLA sticking with Gonzaga and the way Michigan played one of their worst games of the season, losing by two to UCLA, does it make it harder knowing that Michigan, you know, theoretically could have hung with Gonzaga? I know we don't like to use the transitive property in sports, but that's all we can go off of right now. Or is it about the same? Hmm. Uh, I'll speak for me and say that it was a little bit easier. 
it was a little bit easier to swallow after watching how they played. Cause for the most part, I guess, I guess VCU had an all right showing, but m- m- usually double digit seeds, they have that amazing first two weekends, but once they get to the final four, they get popped. Like George Mason got killed. There's a, I, a couple other examples I can't think of right now, but uh, I know they're typically, they don't fare well once they get to that third weekend. It, it didn't, I was able to watch a majority of the second half and be like, okay, some of the problems that plagued Michigan are not exclusive to just that game. Like Johnny Juzang is legitimately good. That team is a tough team. They are well coached. They don't beat themselves a lot, or at least haven't in this tournament. Um, And even though they beat us, I did find myself rooting for them. Uh, And I think that's credit to the job Nick Cronin's done there. And I don't know, it, it would have been an amazing story, but yeah, soften the blow just a little bit knowing that, yeah, this is still a team. That was a team that, did deserve to be there. It wasn't a fluke run. They beat some powerhouse teams just to get to the final four and played a perfect game on Saturday and ended up losing. Uh, yes and no um, to, to sit on the fence on it. I mean, yes. in that the last six or seven minutes of the game that I watched were massively entertaining. Yeah. No, in that I did not plan on watching basketball on Saturday. I didn't watch the first game. Same. Um, I didn't see most of the second game. I tried, I attempted to have a social life and and go out and do things after being in kind of a basketball bunker for the last several weeks. Um, That's not a flex or anything. I said it was an attempt. I didn't say it was successful, but uh, that last, those, that last six or seven minutes, I mean, for, for Jalen Suggs alone was worth the price of admission. I think I tuned in around the time where he had the, I think it was a block at the basket and then, he saves the ball from going out of bounds and then, you know, makes a nice little pass in transition for a bucket. Uh, that guy's insane. And as someone who is a, a Detroit Pistons fan, um, old English to here, you know, Red Wings here, it's all on video. I can't run from that, but uh, someone who's like looking, watching these games now to see, okay, who's an NBA guy. Who's a star. Um, Jalen Suggs is a star. He's fun to watch. And he's again, worth the price admission alone in what will be, I mean, this was kind of my fear, right? I talked about this. I feel like even a month ago or before that, where it was just going to be like every other bubble sport that we've seen where the best two teams or the best team winds up winning it all. And I, I have no reason to believe um, again, this, I don't think this will be out before the title game is over. I, I would expect Gonzaga wins, but you know, the best two teams, the game that people wanted to see all year is the game we're getting on Monday night. So it's, I don't know, there's just kind of still an empty feeling there from how it ended for mm-hmm. Michigan and, and all that stuff too. So I don't know. It, it It's fun. I think uh, people have been kind of crapping on the men's tournament. The women's tournament was great. A, a lot of those games were massively entertaining, but I feel like the men's tournament gave us, it gave us the first weekend chaos it gave us some really good games in the second weekend. And, you know, there's always on the final four, it always seems like there's that one, there's one that's kind of out of hand. And there's the one that's talked about as maybe the best game of the year, if not one of the best games ever played. And this year was no different. So shout out to uh, Gonzaga and Baylor. You know, people are kind of uh, dogging the Zags, but you know, it'd be cool to see a team that hasn't won it before potentially win it or win it if this is out after that game is over. Yeah, I think it made it slightly easier for me because this has happened, you know, to to me as a sports fan. I think back to 2016, I'm a Cowboys fan, and they got beat by the Packers in the the divisional round of the playoffs in Dak and Zeke's rookie year. 
And then Green Bay went on to get absolutely ran out of the building by Atlanta. And I couldn't help but think that the Cowboys could have gave Atlanta a little better of a game, you know, and that made the loss worse. So for UCLA to go and do what they did against Gonzaga, knowing that ultimately either Michigan wins or they don't give Gonzaga as good of a game, it, it like it, it wasn't the feeling that, man, Michigan really blew it could have went in and at least hung with Gonzaga where UCLA got beat by 40. That wasn't the case at all. So I think that helped me a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's all, you know, it, it's just trying to fill a void with just a little bit of something, you know. It's like trying to fill a, a crater with a pebble sort of thing, you know. And it, it's just... I still think to that game, man, and the op, I haven't been able to get over the fact that they missed their last eight shots of that game and scored 49. I can't get over it. And I, I honestly, good looks. That's what I mean. I've replayed the looks in my head a lot. Like I I feel like I played in the damn game. I've been replayed in my head so much, you know, and it's like uh, Hunter Dickinson had a great move, missed a bunny. The Franz airball three, the ball came right down into Eli Brooks's hands, and he could have had an easy layup. I think he panicked a little bit to put up that reverse. Uh, Mike Smith had one at the rim, too, made a great move, got there, left it a little bit short, uh, and I, I don't know. Like people, I saw people criticizing the, the play with .5 seconds to go. You can't criticize that. There's, there's nothing you can do there. That's a fine I, I mean. Yeah, that was as good of a look as yeah. I could have ever wanted with 0.5 seconds to go with it out of bounds on the baseline. It was Michigan had their chances. Michigan should have won that damn game. They should have been playing in the final four. And I don't know what happened, man. I feel like UCLA's run like they had some voodoo going or something because Michigan, well, I think they were the best free throw shooting team in the Big Ten this year, at least top two. And they missed free throws. Same, that, same with Alabama. So there was something weird going on, you know, Um I, I don't know. I, I just I haven't really been able to get over it. That Bill Walton cloud of, uh, you know, <laughs> weed smoke, whatever it is, yeah. magic. If it's if it's pot, if it's just <laughs> everyone just gets so high they can't hit free. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Um, um, yeah, it's it's in the upper tier of toughest sports losses I've ever had. I, I would it it's. In no particular order, there's there's the 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 cream of the crop, which is trouble with the snap and uh, uh, the 2013 ALCS, and you could throw 16 and 18 Ohio State football in there too, and then right you know probably in rounding out that top five is that one. Um, it wasn't even because again it was more the circumstances surrounding the year um, that made it more heartbreaking. Like this team was a great team and people are going to remember them as a great team, but I just, yeah, I wanted that one. And, and I didn't, I wasn't feeling great coming into it. And I didn't want to be that guy because I'm the most anxious person. Most of you will probably ever know. So it's like, I didn't want to be the guy who's like, man, I'm nervous. But I, even last week, like when we, we talked on here, um, I knew the, the possibility was there. Uh, I don't, Cause I hate when people act like it and that you guys didn't do this, but I'm just saying in general, I hate when people act like it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win. Cause they usually end up losing. Um, they played a it, offensively. They played a poor game defensively. I th- thought they were great. Juzang throwing some tough shots happens. They allowed 51 points. If you would have told me Michigan's allowing 51 points, I, I'd have thought they would have run UCLA out of the gym. What it came down to is one, 
and I said this from the beginning, at some point, the liver's injury was going to catch up to him. And you can't tell me that when they were bleeding there in the last couple minutes of the game, uh, Isaiah, number four would have been a great, or number two would have been a great guy to have taken a few shots there. Um, and he wasn't out on the floor. And that's heartbreaking. And Franz Wagner played arguably his worst game as a Wolverine. Um, it's you just got to call it for what it is. He played a very poor game. He was nervous. The player that we saw early this season who didn't seem particularly confident in his offensive abilities showed up. Uh, and, and I'm sure he feels a lot of pain. I'm sure he's hurting. And I don't want to rip too much into him because he's a wonderful player and he, and he did good things for this program, but um, it was a, it was a perfect, it was a, you know, a vicious cycle of awful. And really, uh, for the first time all year, maybe the Illinois game being the other exception, it seemed like everyone on the floor was looking for who was going to be the, be the guy on offense. And Dickinson, outside of Dickinson early in the second half, no one really stepped up. And um, you feel like it could have been Livers, but he wasn't out there. Brutal, brutal. And, and just a, a flat line of a game. They played poorly. Well, I'll say this too. And this, Chris, you and I went on a locker room after the game at like, God, it must have been, what, one thirty in the morning, whatever it yeah. was. Um, the thing that is most disappointing to me, and, and this will – I can see the negative iTunes review in my head right now. Oh, Anthony's too <laughs> – he talks too much, whatever. that. I, I don't care. I have a microphone and you don't. But the thing that bothers me, and it, it, it's – I'm not saying it's a long-term concern. I'm not saying that this is a program full of chokers or anything like that. So let me preface it by saying this. What bothers me the most about that game, and Chris, you just brought up the Illinois game, similar in that in the two games this year where you had a chance to hang a banner, or, well, you had three. You won a Big Ten title against Michigan State a couple nights later, but against Illinois and against UCLA were your two biggest dud efforts of the year with a chance to hang a banner. And that bothers me a little bit because it, you know, the Illinois game was a game where the team was just totally checked out deer in the headlights from the start. And that's a problem in itself, uh, but they didn't have IO to soon move. It just seemed like the opportunity, like the opportunity to, to make some kind of statement was there and they didn't handle their business. And against UCLA, they played hard. I'll give them that, but yeah. they just couldn't find there's a lid over the basket and, and they're the free throws. There was just, Somewhere there was just a lack of focus and, and, you know, these are human guys. So I'm sure when they see that Alabama loses, there's a little bit of a relief there. Um, You know, I, I, maybe, maybe Alabama losing that game or maybe Alabama wins that game. Michigan's a little more locked in again. I, I wasn't in the locker room. I'm not accusing those guys of not playing hard, but it bothers me that in, like I said, in your two most important games of the year, and, you know, the, the Illinois one, again, comes with the asterisk of, oh, you still won a Big Ten title a couple nights later. It, it They came on days where, again, biggest stage you could possibly be, possibly be on, first chance to hang a banner. They were lucky. They got a chance to go out and get that banner still when they lost to Illinois. The final – or the Elite Eight doesn't provide that opportunity. So the fact that they came out and just played that poorly – and, again, I think Isaiah Livers, like – what was the thing we talked about all year? It seems virtually impossible for every single guy on the roster to have an off night at once. You know, you throw Isaiah Livers in the mix, yeah, it probably helps your chances a lot. You probably win that game. Um, 
You might be playing on Monday night. Who knows? But it just seems like the chances, like it's just, it's one more variable, one more guy who hits a shot or two here or there, you win the game. And that's, you know, for, for as much, it's really interesting. You see it now. I mean, in the totality of what this tournament has been, UCLA responded to that 50 because that wasn't a good game for them either. They respond to that by giving one of the best teams in college basketball history. And they are that regardless of if they win on Monday night or not the game of their lives, the, the maybe one of the best college basketball games we've ever seen. A lot of people think it's the best, you know, maybe like that's UCLA was more of, I mean, that, that was a team, a team of destiny thing going on. And it felt like with Michigan getting as far as it did without livers, that maybe that magic was there, but um, it wasn't. And it is what it is. Uh, there's no shame in, in what this season was for them to get out of that first weekend without Isaiah livers, quite frankly, is, is impressive to get to the elite eight without him is even more impressive. And just the fact that they looked like a fun- functioning basketball team, most of the time without him is, is incredible in its own right. So that's kind of where I'm at with it as I'm processing these feelings, you know, six days out or whatever it is. I will say this. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was 100%, like you said, Anthony, a, a dud offensively, but they seem so locked in on the defensive end. That's the thing that I, I, I just don't get. Usually, usually you don't get both or, or either, or, you know, usually if you're going to go out there and lay a dud, it's going to be on both ends of the court. You know, that was, that was the thing that kind of stuck out to me is that it wasn't like the Illinois game where they were completely checked out. They were, they were out there ready. I, I just, I don't. That wasn't the same offensive team I've seen all year. They were they were kind of scared to attack, and they were like at times almost trying to, and it was working for a couple possessions, but just just force feed the post. It's like they they identified that they had a mismatch there, but they just sometimes you could do the same thing over and over and over, and and eventually it's just gonna stop kind of working. And I know Hunter Dickinson kind of, you know, lit a fire in the second half there when it was danger time for, for UCLA. But there were a couple times that, you know, throughout the regular season and earlier times in the tournament, like Eli Brooks is wide open in the corner and he's going to make that pass. But instead he tried, tried to force it up over three guys. And I get it. You know, you're, you're just rocking. I know I'm nitpicking here. And, and he made some big baskets and he really lit a fire. But it's those little plays, especially – when it's a two point game at the end of the game, man, that, that really make the difference. And they just did things. The the point is they did things that they hadn't done offensively really all year. Even when Isaiah livers went down, that was the, the weirdest thing to me. That was a completely different offensive team that we saw against Florida state completely different. This episode is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. 
the argument here. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what happened. I, I don't. They run out of I don't, gas. I don't want to talk about it. Like I said, <laughs> ran out of gas. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We've been, you know, we're here on a podcast. We don't want to talk about it. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, we can put a we can put a bow on it. Okay, yeah. So I they mean, don't want to relieve this six days later, right? When, when you so when you look back at the end at the season as a whole, what do you look at? Because we've we've done this particularly with Michigan football, right? Like think of the revenge tour and how we think about that season. We were having the time of our lives during the revenge tour, but they went out and got spanked by Ohio State, and we do not look back at that year fondly. I think 2016 is the only year we we look back as semi fondly you know so is is this a little bit different even though the the disappointing end you look back they won a big 10 championship they were playing better than anyone in the country for a good stretch of the season i mean what what do you guys think when you're going to look back at this 2021 season uh over time i'll come to appreciate it um some of the most fun i've had watching sports uh following considering the circumstances with covid and everything that the return to normalcy didn't feel legitimate until this team started rolling. It was a lot of fun. It was a genuine surprise. Uh, I, I, the whole, it's not comparable to the 2018 football team because this team actually won something like the, the team in this big 10 that is comparable to that team is Illinois where like all the, all the stomping and thumping that they did uh, trying to win a championship and forge one, you know, make one up out of your own imagination just to get popped. Like the second round Chicago Loyola game was given up 62 at the horseshoe, like to a team that can't play offense. I mean, that was brutal. So I, I know it was a very successful season, but as we've talked about on this podcast, many times expectations constantly change throughout the year. And um, they, they played an 11 seed with a chance to go to the final four and uh, played uh, their worst offensive game of the season. So I will, there will always be a bittersweet taste in the mouth, but if I'll say this, if it was the beeline era, like let's say that we live in an alternate universe where beeline was still the coach here. I think the disappointment would be a little bit greater because you, we may have viewed it as his best chance to win a national championship with it being year two of the Juwan Howard era as disappointing as this is. And they should have gotten there. Damn it. They should have won that game and they should be, should have played in the final four. But I think collectively other fan bases are pretty scared and our fan base is pretty excited about where they're headed going forward. Cause if you would have asked us on what was it June of 2019 uh, where this program would be after two years of Juwan Howard, 100% of us would have accepted big 10 title elite eight by the end of year two and expectations did change. They reached number two in the country and it was disappointing losing that game, but going forward um, I believe in the direction of the program. Yeah, I echo all that. And I'll say, too, like, um, I've been harping on this for weeks. Don't take for granted getting to the second weekend of the tournament, let alone it took it took Michigan 20 years after the Fab Five to even get back into a position where they could maybe make some sort of deep tournament run. And now they've done they've gone to six, uh, six sweet 16s in the last eight tournaments. They've been to four lead eights. They were they've been at two final fours, um, a couple baskets away from maybe making a third. What this program has done is special. And something that uh, is there is, does this mean that they're guaranteed, you know, that there's upward trajectory uh, from here and they're guaranteed to get back? No, it doesn't. But I think that the, 
the body of work through two seasons, not just with what the on-court product has developed into, but with what the recruiting has developed into, I believe they will be back in this position. Now, what is this team going to look like next year? I mean, we think we know, but we don't. I mean, it's the wild west out there with the transfer portal and things like I mean, do we think we know, though? You know, I no, no. So I told we don't. We have no idea because so. I, I would love to get one of them back. I'd love to be able to get at least one of them back. And um, we'll see. But there's some program guys in there, some glue guys who I think just having one of them back could make a big difference next season. Who knows? I, I think the, the ones I think we can guarantee are gone for. Well, liver. Or, I'm sorry. Wagner, I think, is definitely gone. Um Livers, I'm 98% sure about, but with that six months that he's going to have to recover from that injury does cast that other 2% of doubt. I think Chandy's gone, but some of the other ones with Davis, Brooks, Mike Smith are going to be welcome back with open arms. So we're going to see what we'll see what happens here. We're getting a comment here in the, in the Twitch chat from SSB Jimmy. He asked twice if Zeb is transferring. I've heard nothing about Zeb Jackson transferring. I don't know if I've been Me out neither. of the loop. No, I've never, I haven't either. I've never heard anything about that. So no, it could, um, it could happen if, if Mike Smith comes back, but I mean, we're, we're looking down the road there. I'm, I'm ready for Zeb Jackson, man. I thought he gave some good minutes early on in the tournament. I think with, a, with another year under his belt and in a full off season, I think he could be a, a real player. He's got a nice looking jump shot, controls the ball. Well, I'm really looking forward to year two for some of these guys. I, you know, Terrence Williams potentially taking a big step. I'm also, I am really intrigued about Brandon Johns, man. Like we, we had pretty much written off Brandon Johns a little bit, you know, uh, mid season. And cause he just, every time he came in, just wasn't given good minutes, but then Isaiah livers goes down and all of a sudden the tournament, Brandon Johns playing the best basketball we've seen him play in a Michigan uniform, you know, um, and, and with him back, he's so versatile, potentially Dickinson coming back. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. And some of these guys, I, I was watching, you know, some of these McDonald's all American recruits that they got coming in, man, they, they could be scary good if they live up to the expectation in year one, you know, or, or give anything near what Hunter was able to give in his first year. And these guys are all higher ranked recruits coming in than Hunter Dickinson, man. That's a, that's a scary thing to think about. Like th- this team should be back. I, I don't know because Jawan said gave the the free reign to the seniors. Said every one of them's got an open invitation to come back. I don't know how all that would work. I don't understand how the scholarships are really working with the with the okay. extra COVID year. You, do you mind if I explain it to you? Yes, please. I would love that. Actually, I wrote about this today. Um, Mazenbrew.com. There's a shameless plug for you. So here's how it works with. Seniors and eligibility. So as of right now, without anyone leaving, this includes Franz, which we assume he's going to go to the NBA. But as of right now, all 13 of their scholarships are accounted for for next year. But, but if any of the seniors decide to return, they do not count against the scholarship limit. Oh, the flip side of that. See, we're, we're educating live on the air. Um, The flip side to that, is that if you bring in a senior via the transfer portal, they do count against the limit. So theoretically speaking, all five of Michigan seniors could come back. Do I think that will happen? No. If you want me to make an educated crystal ball guess right now, I think that Eli Brooks, there's a really better than 
I'll say better than 80% chance he's back. Wow. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to kind of get the sense that Shondi Brown, and this is, you know, other people have heard this too. I think Shondi Brown might be back too. Shit. Isaiah Livers, again, I think he's probably, you know, his, I think his college basketball days are probably done. I'm not sure. Again, the invitation's back to everyone. Um, can we get a doctor on here to to explain the six month recovery time on that thing? Oh my um, god! You know, um, we could do that. I could make that happen, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> it's there. A quick little segment, you know, it, it could just be a little ten minute explanation or something. Yeah, well, I'll say this: um, bringing it back to Zeb Jackson, like Michigan needs one of those guards to come back, whether it be Mike Smith, Eli Brooks, because then it leaves like if they don't. It leaves you with Zeb Jackson, who's a combo guard, can handle the ball, but I think he's more of an off-ball type of guy. Um, Kobe Bufkin, kind of the same deal, but more of an off-ball too. And then uh, Frankie Collins is a true freshman, and I think he's going to play, but you know, with freshman point guards, it's like drinking out of the fire hose a little bit. So if you could get Eli Brooks back, great. If you can get Mike Smith back, great. Again, you know, the guys like Mike Smith and Austin Davis, like if they come back, this is their, that would be their sixth year in college. And, you know, the, the door is open for them to do that. Um, if it were me personally in that position, which I'm not because I'm not seven foot tall and I'm not good at basketball, I'm probably, if I'm not going to the NBA, I'm probably not spending six years in college um, unless I had some kind of debilitating injury. I kind of feel like the story's been written on both of those guys. But like I said, I think that I do think there's a really good chance that Brooks will be back and uh, maybe Shondi. I'm not, I'm kind of like 50 50 on Shondi Brown, but I do think that Eli Brooks might take them up on this fifth year thing, which it kind of changes the trajectory of what that backcourt could be. I mean, we've yeah. seen Eli hasn't really played the point a ton in the last two years, but we know he can. So just adding another body there would be, would be massive. So. I think, man, uh, Eli might be the most important one out of the potential returners, to be quite honest with you. His ability to shoot the ball, his ability to handle the ball in the backcourt. I, I mean, you got you got a lot coming in, obviously, in length and size and everything like that. And I love what Shondi brings, obviously. It's tremendous. But Eli is – he does so many things. Uh, and I know Shondi's incredible defensively too, but Eli – like Phil Martelli said, man, he was kind of the, the most valuable player here this year. They they were not close to the same team without him in any of the games. And I know it was the same with Isaiah, but I've, I've written him off. Obviously, Isaiah coming back is would, would be massive. But, you know, be, between like Eli and Shondi, I'd love to have them all. But if I had to choose, I'd probably take Eli, man, because his ability to, to shoot outside, handle the ball, and play defense is truly tremendous. Well, I like the idea of having both of those guys back because I think that I love might, the idea of that. Yeah. I think that might just be your starting backcourt. I know that Sean Dee kind of thrived in that six man role, but to go like, it, and it depends on the freshmen too. Like how ready are those guys going to be? I think this is really the first year where we've seen guys come in. I mean, outside of Franz in that first year, um, you know, Juwan was able to bring in a freshman class that was able to hit the ground running right away. And Caleb Houston, that's a guy who I think is going to slide into the Isaiah livers role. And I think you know, a lot of people think he's a lottery pick right out of the box. So that's great. That's fun. Um, Musa Diabate kind of a, a stretch five can play some four can play some five, 
do a little bit of, you know, he's a first round type of guy too. That's where it becomes interesting. Like, and this is kind of pivoting to the next thing though, who could be transfers out? I'm not, I don't have any inside info on any of that right now, but again, we've talked about this before too. I'm wondering if given the transfer portal being the tool that it is now, and given that Michigan has Hunter Dickinson and they'll have Houston and, and Diabate and um, some of the, you know, Terrence Williams, where does Brandon Johns fit into all this? I'm going to be fascinated mm. to see what happens with him because at his best, yeah, he could be one of your starting five, but yeah. is that role, like he could go to a lot of schools and be guaranteed that role right now. Is that going to be the case at Michigan? I'm not sure about that. Um, so that's, you know, if you're looking for guys like everyone, you know, people automatically point to like the Adrian Nunez's of the world. As, oh, that guy could enter the transfer portal and it could happen. But um Brandon Johns could be the one that is like the quote unquote surprise, like maybe David Julius was last year. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, 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 go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, I was saying I would have probably shared that sentiment prior to the tournament, but I think given how he played in the yeah. NCAA tournament, I think he may be a little bit more inclined to come back. This will just be the last thing I'll say. I think, I think Hunter Dickinson is going to have a Luca Garza type season next year. I, I I think that there is there are elements to his game that we didn't get a chance to see this season. The guy is constantly working, constantly hungry, ton of confidence. Um, he's unless I'm missing somebody, probably going to be preseason player of the year, which is a meaningless award, but I I, I expect he's going to do monster things next season. People don't realize like he he showed some stretch five stuff in high school. Like yeah. he can hit threes. He can hit yeah. from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. They didn't need him to do a ton of that this year. Um, I don't even know if he hit a three this year, to be honest with you. I don't think he, he did. No. Um, he had a couple good looking elbow jumpers a few times. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a game. That's an area of his game. I'd love to see improve it. And people like, I'm not saying people aren't talking about this, but think about what he could do in a full summer with like John Sanderson. Yeah. Cause there's mm-hmm. a lot like there's still, he's a big guy, but there's still a lot he can do with his frame um, you know, I, I know I'd like to see him be a little more court aware in terms of the fouls away from the basket. I don't know how you rep that and work on that in the off season, but, um, like I said, I, I don't, I don't know what his pro outlook is, but I just know that he could be, you know, he might have a seal. Like Luca Garza was a special player, a guy yeah. that was national player of the year, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. To reach that, those are that's a lofty expectation. But do I think he could be a twenty and ten guy in this league? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I also, I mean, as soon as he, and I think he will eventually, as soon as he's comfortable going over his left shoulder with his right hand, he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, it's going to be as soon as he can go both ways on that pivot when he's backing you down instead of turning over the right shoulder every time. It's over, man. I mean, and and that's a guy too. You know, we're talking. I know the NCAA is in the Supreme Court and everything, like right now. But but for the the name, image, and likeness, that's a that is a guy who could benefit massively from something like that. With all the accolades he's getting, like you said, Anthony, we don't know the pro outlook on that right away. I mean, as soon as this comes down comes down, he could be one of those four year guys that is kind of getting sponsorship deals off of off of his prominence as a as a college basketball player. Apparently I saw this somewhere. <laughs> Apparently if they if name image likeness was a thing right now 
I didn't realize this because I'm not like I have TikTok because some of the videos are kind of funny, but like apparently Adrian Nunez is like a big TikTok star. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. They said he would be like Michigan's highest earning player, which is possible. Um, and awesome. I mean, shout out to him. Go secure the bag however you can. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say after that. So I'll just stall until it comes to mind and it's not coming to mind. So what else we got? Uh, I don't think we got much, man. You know, we, we talked about, cause there's so much up in the air. It's fun to think about what the roster could be next year, but with the transfer portal, what it is, we, we literally just have no idea. Well, say and this, you, you have teams that have to build literally almost entire rosters because of transfers this year. And, and I don't think that's going right. to be the case for Michigan. Um, but it's going to factor in. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't it's to do a, well, well, here's, here's a question for you. Could, could Saudi leave the, the program, go coach the Chippewas a little bit. I know Dan Marjolet has been a pretty, pretty popular pick on Twitter, but and I know Saudi was, is a Western guy, but might, might uh, trade in those colors for the maroon and gold, you know? Well, oh, well he turned, he turned down the Western job last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, it might take, a significant financial investment from our alma mater, but I'll say this, <laughs> I'll do it for a lot cheaper. So yeah. Yeah. There um, you go. <laughs> my staff is here already. So call me. <laughs> oh man. All right. We got anything else here? We just kind of put a bow on the season, man. I, I don't know. It uh, felt like a eulogy. I felt like I was going to a funeral today. No, you know what? I, it's I'm feeling the Easter hangover. I'm feeling the Michigan basketball hangover. Um, I'm tired. I just <laughs> same man. I think we've all earned a, a rest, and at some point, I'm sure we might take a week or two. Or mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to go a wall like we did a couple summers ago. But just I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm basketballed out. Um, you know, baseball being back has been a nice lift. Uh, the weather being good outside of pollen uh, being prevalent has uh, has been good, but. I'm I'm tired and, and I'll be honest, as soon as I jump off this, I'm gonna upload it and probably go right to bed. So check who won in the morning. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Get yeah. Our, all that stuff, right? Yeah, right. Chris, where can we find you on social media? Well, I'm back on it at Castellani twenty fourteen. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O One Four back with the post game tiger videos. There you'll find the link to my YouTube page as well. But you know, you know where my heart is doing the Tiger stuff. I have another show locked on Tigers, which is uh, I post Monday through Friday, recapping the games that were previewing the upcoming game as well. That's at locked on Tigers on Twitter. You can find those wherever you find your podcast, go on Apple podcast, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of that show. Leave a written positive five-star review of the Brewcast and the shows here on the Maze and Brew family of network. So please follow me on all those platforms. I'd much appreciate it. Oh, and I'll, I'll throw out my Instagram as well, just because uh, I update stories and, you know, more personal stuff, but that's totally fine. That's Chris castle 95. So please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter, Anthony T broom. Um, you know where the website is Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Google or we're on uh, Twitter. See, uh, my brain is totally fried. Yeah. You know where all the socials are. <laughs> You've been following us for years. The Mason Brew account has like 32,000 followers. So you're one of them. And if you're not, uh, become one. I don't know why you would listen to us and not follow us on the socials, but we're there. Social media is not new. It's been around for like 15 years. You know where we're at. 
You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Reminder, when we uh, record the shows, we do them live on Twitch. Tonight was uh, it, it was a bit of a struggle to get this thing rolling, but uh, we ended up here. We got her going. And a uh, big thank you to everyone who uh, has listened to the show, interacted with the show uh, this basketball season. Man, it was so much fun. One of the most fun stretches that, that I've really had. Twitch has added a lot to that. Everyone, you know, jumping in the chat, having some fun, man. Always good engaging uh, with every one of you that that does that. And you can, uh, if you just listen on the podcast, thank you as well, man. It was a, it was a real fun stretch. I wish we we got to preview a championship game here tonight, but it is what it is, man. I'll look back uh, on this season with some seriously fond memories, and that's a big thanks to the listeners as well. So. Really appreciate that uh, from all of you out there. And as they said, subscribe, rate, leave a review. Hit us up on Twitter and the socials. And uh, we're, we're going to have some fun still uh, with baseball coming up. We're going to have to be talking a whole lot of football and whatnot. That'll be here before you know it. So we're going to yeah. hold on. Let's stop that for a sec. We're going to have to be talking a whole lot of football here soon. I love how you frame that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's a must. It's not necessarily what we want to do, but, but it's definitely uh definitely a must. So for my partners Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Yardi, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.